0: This is Donnie Darko, minute one. Under blue moon, I saw you. So soon you will take me up in your arms, too late to beg you or cancel it. Welcome to the Donnie Darko Minute Podcast, the only podcast dissecting each minute of the cult classic film Donnie Darko. I'm Angelo Natoli and with me is Paul Kells, Yo we're the latest in a long line of podcasts obsessively digging into movies with the 4k re-release this seemed like the perfect time to dive into the world of Donnie Darko again released directly in the wake of 9-11 and a theatrical flop Donnie Darko developed a cult following on DVD with a rabid fan base and it seemed like perfect fodder for a podcast like this so Paul what do we got in minute one well minute one we start off on the new market logo and we end with some, uh, some trees and a nice mountain view no nothing too much Alright, that sounds a little boring, but actually, I dived in a little deeper, and there's some pretty cool stuff hidden in the credits. So, we start with uh, New Market, um, so I looked them up. They produced films like The Mexican, Cruel Intentions, and the Christopher Nolan movies, The Prestige, and Memento. They also distributed The Passion of the Christ, um, Monster, and some other movies I never heard of. <laughs> well,
1: I like The Mexican.
0: I I never saw that, but I mean, the Nolan films are great. Yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, Okay, then then we move on to Pandora, who they don't really, they haven't really released much. The only other credit that I can think of is like A Walk to Remember and the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Nothing... That's about it for them.
0: <laughs> all right, and then we got uh, Flower Films, which is Drew Barrymore's production company, and she's actually the reason this movie got made in the first place. Um, her company, her investing money, and her signing on to star on it is what got Richard Kelly the rest of the funding to make the movie into reality at all.
1: That's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, um, and then uh, next on, it says a Richard Kelly film, and Richard Kelly's the oh. director. Yeah, and Richard Kelly's, uh
1: he's... Really not known for too much other than this movie. Yeah, he did. Everything else that he's kind of done has kind of been, well, I don't think anything's really been successful box office-wise, but this is definitely his most notable work as far as like a cult following.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I've never seen The Box, um, but I didn't uh, love I mean,
1: it. I, I thought that movie was going to be so awesome going into it. I heard it was one of his movies. It, was, it looked like, kind of like another one of these movies that you think about it after you see it. Yeah, totally. way you thought about it after that was, Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, I yeah I remember being left cold. I don't remember much. Uh, it was ma- uh, based on a 1980s Twilight Zone episode, and it starred James Marsden, who was Cyclops in the X Men movies, and Cameron Diaz. So it seemed to have all the ingredients to be a success, but uh, it would left me cold. Yeah, really not much to talk about other than it
1: it didn't do anything good really for him or. or but, the people that started the movie.
0: But now the movie between Donnie and that Southland, I Southland Tales, I had never even heard of it until I did the research here. And it's Me either crazy that I never heard of it because the cast is like stacked. You got Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, I mean, maybe was uh, he you still <laughs> the rock then, or was he just Dwayne Johnson? No, I mean <laughs> he was he had to be the rock. He definitely was not considered a big actor. But then you got Sean William Scott Stiffler from the American Pie movies. How could you not hear anything from about with him in it, you know? Sarah Michelle Geller, Mandy Moore, Justin Timberlake? I mean, this movie movie had a stacked cast especially at Justin the time timberlake i mean when when did that come out uh I, i'm not sure but again yeah i think it was before he was considered a real actor he was right. probably the guy from nsync still but still at the time i mean those are huge people like yeah. but uh before he got into movies though uh richard kelly uh grew up in virginia his first name is actually james not richard that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. His dad worked for NASA, though. This blew my mind, too, when <laughs> I heard it. He worked on the Mars Viking program, which is the program that got us two, the first two rovers on Mars. That's awesome. I mean, maybe that's kind of why he got into like, all this time travel stuff and yeah, yeah, thinking he... about stuff that happens in space, you know, space-time continuums and stuff. Listen, in 20 years, when we got to escape Earth, we're going to be glad that Richard Kelly's dad got us to Mars. Definitely. <laughs> he was a frat bro, too, which blows my mind. That's not, I mean, the the, the type of guy you would think to make all these... Come uh, on, you, can't, you couldn't see that he's a frat bro? What
1: What a guy hasn't talked about this movie, sitting around with a bunch of beers and just saying, hey, you ever see this movie,
0: Donnie Darko? Uh, and all yeah. of a sudden it's like, yeah, bro, oh my God. Yeah, you got a point. You're right. All right, maybe you're right. So he made two short films before graduating in 97, and then Donnie Darko four years later. So not only was Donnie Darko a failure in theaters, although it failing really isn't a fault of the film itself. It came right on the heels of 9-11, so America really wasn't interested in a movie whose major plot point is an airplane crashing. But it even was a disaster at Sundance.
1: Yeah, uh, Richard Kelly's even quoted as saying that no one remembers how big of a failure it was. Uh, he's grateful for the rosy glow in hindsight, but he, it took him almost six months to uh, sell the movie. It almost went directly to stars. Could you imagine this being like a Sharknado type movie? I know that would be on like Donnie Darko 12 by now.
0: That's crazy. Uh, he actually had a beg new market to put it into theaters, and it was Chris- Christopher Nolan stepping in that uh, made that happen. That's really cool yeah yeah so uh so we premiered sundance january nineteenth two thousand one uh it was released theatrically and october twenty sixth two thousand one yeah
1: right after september eleventh not not a good time for this movie to be come, to be coming
0: out no, and it earned a measly five hundred and fifteen thousand of its four point five million dollar
1: Surprised he made another movie ever again after that
0: yeah, yeah thank God for its legs uh, on d v d so yeah, so uh, you know
1: when did you first see this
0: movie? Okay, so when I first heard about it, I think uh, this is one of its biggest issues and why it was so hard to get uh, legs at first. A friend of mine told me about this movie years before I saw it, and it comes up to me. So you gotta see this Donnie Darko movie. It's about this kid, and this bunny rabbit comes up to him, and he makes him do, like, bad things. Because, like... I'm sold. (laughs) Exactly. I was like, "What are you talking about?" Because you don't want to give away too much, but you also, but also, if you don't give away more, that's that's the the funniest thing about this
1: movie is like when people say, "Oh, what's the movie about?" I'm like, "It's about time travel." (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You know, like, because how do you explain it? It's about time travel. Oh, so it's in space? No, it's no. There's no space. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but even that gives away a little bit too. You don't find that out for so long either. So, um, so. When it became, when it uh, got re-released on the director's cut years later, now a fast forward, I'm in high school now, and a couple of my friends are like, "Oh, you never seen Donnie Darko?" I'm like, "Is that that fucking bunny rabbit movie?" <laughs> they're like, "Oh, it's amazing! It's amazing!" So I was like, "All right, let me check it out." So I went and saw it in theaters at the director's cut, and I was blown away. My mind exploded. If you would have asked 15 year old Angelo, "What's the greatest <laughs> movie of all time?" It would be Donnie Darko, and I think that's how I brought how you yeah, Donnie. I,
1: I remember we were talking about like some like crazy conspiracy theories and like time travel and this and that, and all different things, and then this movie came up, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll go see it, and then we watched it, and then I think we probably stayed up a couple of nights discussing theories about the movie and stuff, <laughs> you know, looking up websites, oh well, this is this and this and that, and you know, yeah, I um that's what's so great about this movie is that you leave it in your. You don't know exactly what happened in the movie, but it's not a bad movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's confusing, and it's cool. Uh, you know, the more you rewatch it, the more you you know, you know learn and under, un- undercover layers and things like that. It's like an onion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Exactly. Does that mean it's like an ogre, too? <laughs> so a lot of movies uh, end up getting legs on DVD after being failures in the theaters, but all- th- all- this is almost the reason why I had to go see it. The fact that it got re-released in theaters was seemed so foreign to me. I mean, I guess I under, i knew I was aware of that happening, like with the original Star Wars movies coming yeah. back when we were kids. But I was like, "This movie's so good, it was brought back in theaters." I don't—I I wonder how that happened.
1: Well, uh, apparently, it started in New York, out of all places. Uh, it was uh, basically a midnight showing for I think it was uh, for over twenty-eight months at the uh, at the Pioneer Theater. They were doing midnight showings, and uh, so it's
0: between... almost like uh, our our generation's version of like the Rocky Horror Picture Show.
1: Yeah, kind of like that. You know, between that and the DVDs, it made over ten million dollars. You know, so I guess it made up for it eventually.
0: You know, yeah, that's crazy ten million dollars when it what it didn't even make it didn't even clear a million when it was in theaters the first time.
1: So, I mean, it it's really and it, it's pretty unheard of, especially for like a time like really any time for a movie to make that much money really.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't
1: even think, like, look at a movie like uh, The Interview from Today, which didn't make it into theaters because of all that crap. Yeah. I don't even think they made
0: anywhere close to $10 million in, in sales after that. And that had a lot of buzz going around it. Yeah, it's a shame that uh, none of his films have been uh, financial successes. I mean, uh, he is such a good filmmaker. I mean, Kevin Smith went on, uh, in an interview, said that Richard Kelly, he's is insanely creative and is not unlike Christopher Nolan. But Nolan wound up in the Warner Brothers system where he got special handling and he got a lot of money to make huge art films like Inception. Richard could be one of the greatest filmmakers. He is right now. But just a lot of people don't realize it. He's still a kid and someone needs to Nolan that kid.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that'd be pretty interesting and give him that good treatment, you know? Let's see what else is working in that mind of his.
0: Yeah, so I mean, he has the respect of other filmmakers. I mean, I don't know how much Kevin Smith's word matters in, like, the Hollywood circles. I mean, like, to people like us, Kevin Smith's God.
1: But, you know, yeah, probably your average filmmaker's probably like, oh, that crazy guy Kevin Smith that makes all those, like, dick and fart joke movies. Yeah, yeah. So, um, how does the minute wrap
0: up? I think we're just about at the end.
1: Alright, so, uh, back to the minute, it's, uh, the minute ends basically on, uh, a shot of some trees and a mountain range in the background. That mountain range is the San Gabriel Mountains in, uh, L.A. County. And, uh, it's basically that's where this whole movie was shot, even though it takes
0: place in theory in uh, Middlesex County in Virginia, I think it is. See, and I never knew that. I had no clue that, that it was supposed to take place in Virginia. I guess I never really thought about yeah, where it, it, it would comes, take
1: place. It comes up here and there, like in the movie, like if I think you have to like kinda of piece it together basically, but that's what everyone seems to come to the agreement on.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean so Kelly grew up in Virginia, so it makes sense yeah. that he would uh, you know, make his movie take mm-hmm. place there. All right, that about wraps up minute one of Donnie Darko. You could find us on Twitter at Donnie Darko Min. Please tweet us your questions, comments. Let us know we're not talking out to the ether. And Paul, where can they find you? You can find me at Paulie K, K-A-Y 85 on Twitter. And you can find me at at Hello Jello Jello jell spelled like my name, G-E-L-O. Come back tomorrow where we actually get to the first minute of the movie. The movie actually begins, people. Not just credits. And as always, you can find us Monday through Friday. See you guys tomorrow. Fades up against the whale Through the thick and thin He will